Well, the US and European share markets have had a shot in the arm with a booster from the World Health Organization saying jabs will probably be enough to contain the worst of the new strain. And that's all they needed to say, apparently, along with lots of other circumstantial evidence that maybe it's not going to be so bad. Shares are up. There's a drift from government bonds and oil. Well, it's a bit all over the place, actually, to be honest with you. It's Thursday, the 2nd of December, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, not a lot of currency movement. Uh, the US dollar has been down, then it's been back up again, although it's still almost 0.4% down on the Japanese yen. Uh, the euro is down, though, 0.1% on the dollar. The pound and the Aussie dollar are pretty flat, but I tell you, it was a circuitous route to get there. A lot of uh, volatility today, really. Stocks are back up again. Uh, you know, the story of stocks lately, basically a day down, then a day up, then down again. Today, they're up 0.7% for the S&P 500, 0.5% for the NASDAQ, 0.6% for the Dow. But they were a lot higher than that earlier, more than twice that at, at one point. A much bigger rise in Europe as well, with the Euro stocks 50 up 2.9%, the DAX up 2.5%, the FTSE 100 up 1.5%. 10-year Treasury yields were up two basis points. That's gone now. They're stuck at 1.45%, still more than 20 basis points lower than last week, of course. And Aussie 10 years are up four basis points, uh, up six for five years. And oil is up. WTI was up at 4.9% uh, at one stage. It just shied away from the $70 mark, and now it's down to 66.60, having basically halved its gains. A similar story for Brent, which is now only about 0.9% up on the day. OPEC might have a bit to do with that. We'll look at that in just a second. Here's David DeGarris again from NAB in London. Uh, I'm uh, back, Phil. I'm back. We're getting a double dose of David DeGarris. Um, yeah, but won't be it won't be a third, won't be a boost, be a boost tomorrow. No, I don't, think. don't think so. Um, well, let's uh, well, well, let's see. But look, a little less caution. Let's see. And a hint of optimism, I think, today. So we had the World Health Organization saying that j mm. jabs will help against the new variant. They gave a, an, what seemed like an endless press conference today. Uh, and we may know within just a few days as well. So that's had some market reaction. As an equities up, bond prices down, so yields up. Mm. Uh, although... Um, a bit like just having one dose. They didn't hold on to those gains for, for very long, did they? <laughs> yeah, well, you've got this feedback loop, haven't you, Phil, between, you know, when uh, equities go up, that tends to pull bond yields up sometimes with it and uh, sort of acts to, you know, soften, soften the rise in equities eventually if the yields rise enough. But it's almost like, uh, you know, if you came in today and see where prices are and you saw that, Bonds yields are steady to high and equities are steady to high. Oil prices is not doing much. You think, well, is the market a little bit more optimistic? So you look for reasons for that. And, you know, I guess the first port of call, well, is it because Powell tried to row, row back on what he said yesterday? And we'll get to that in a moment. That's clearly not the case. Mm. Uh, is it because of the um, the, uh, the Omicron strain and, and news on that front? So you could put the WHO press conference in in. Uh, in that bucket, couldn't you? Yeah. And say that the market was looking for a glass half full news and, and equities is sort of uh, bouncing on the back of that. And buying the dip as well. So this was one of the busiest days for money injected mm. into, into the share market. And, you know, so we've got what we didn't have a few years ago. So many retail investors that came on board over the last couple of years. So I guess they're adding to the, the volatility as well, which is why we're seeing prices going up, then coming crashing down again. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you look at, you know, the detail of the these stocks today i mean the airline stocks were steady to maybe a little bit lower you would have thought they would benefit if uh, it was all you know if, mm. if the vaccines are going to rise so maybe it's just a bit of uh you know value uh, picking on, on the market there maybe some retail trading as you said 
coming into the market. Um, and maybe there's just still a whole lot more cash and easy money. It was interesting for me to read today. Phil to say that, uh, well, is, is, you know, Powell's comments in the past 24 hours been at the end of super easy money. So um, an interesting reflection for the market, but it just shows you it's hard to keep the stock market down. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, why would the stock market be so enthusiastic if uh, mm. given this, uh, uh, and, and we've seen more of a flattening of the yield curve as well, haven't we, since uh, since Powell's sudden bout of hawkishness. But, I mean, why yes. Why would shares be rising if that was the case? I mean, well, I think there's, there's one or two other candidates, and that is that the data points that we had today out of the U.S., both the uh, the ADP employment mm. report for November ahead of payrolls on Friday and the ISM were pretty solid, weren't they? I mean, yeah. they weren't massively larger than expectations, I grant you that. Uh, plus, um, and, and while there's maybe some evidence that new orders in the ISM report might be coming off their highs of a couple of months ago, um, even though they were, um, they were up 1.7 points in the month of November, um, some of the some of the supply chain pressures, things like the prices index was down three point three points. The backlog index was down one point seven points. Supply deliveries down three point four points. So maybe if you've got still pretty solid demand and easing in supply ch- chain pressures, then of course that will help to alleviate some concern of uh, inflationary pressure. Now it's only you know, one, one data point, really, one month. So mm. let's not get overly excited about it, but at least move in the right direction. But interesting but as well, Mark. It shows you if the market's looking for those sorts of things, yeah. points, then it's looking for the glass half full, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they wouldn't have been doing that a couple of days ago. They wouldn't have cared too much about no. any numbers at all. It was all just about Omicron and, and what's happening there. Those those job numbers, 534,000 new jobs in November on the ADP numbers, which... Uh, is down from a revised number of five hundred and seventy thousand in October, so it is mm. it is slowing. And you know, think back to May when it was eight hundred eighty six thousand. Yes, but still, it was be- yeah. better than expected. And you know, it, it's it's still it it it's not giving you a lot of confidence, is it? That people are coming back into the job market, U.S. job market in droves, no. which is really what the Fed has been looking for. And you you, you get the sense what uh, Jerome Powell has been saying in the past twenty four. Uh, hours or so that, you know, he, he, he seems to accept that now with the unemployment benefits having, uh, enhanced benefits having expired and schools all back, that maybe there is going to be more labour scarring, you know, that yeah. maybe it's, it's going to take too long to get them back and his, his patience on inflation is, is wearing thin. So if we saw a lot more jobs coming back, you know, that he would have been able to breathe easy on, uh, on the back of that, you would think. So, yeah, I mean, people are being more picky. Maybe they're wanting more money in the in the face of inflation. Maybe, maybe. And maybe it's just the, um, the Omicron news is, you know, worrying if you're worried about the virus hmm. and, uh, you know, staying at home or whatever then, uh, you know, it's only another reason to um, so, you, to, yeah. to, to be, be concerned, particularly if you haven't had the jabs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, lots in, in America still haven't, of course. So, I mean, do you think Jerome Powell has backtracked a bit from uh, a couple of days ago? I think he's, he's, had, he's definitely had an epiphany on inflation. Mm. You know, the fact, you know, his, his tagline there that he's uh, retired the transitory word. Now, you might say, he would say, well, it didn't express what I was saying, but he knows exactly you know, how, how the market takes this is he accepts that it's something that's going to last. He's spoken about the risks of elevated inflation, staying high, you know, have, have risen. 
So it's not as if it's just a descriptive thing uh, that the market is, or investors have misunderstood. I think it's his accepting that inflation is going to stay higher for longer. Now, put a timeline on that. I don't think anyone could put a timeline on it. But, you know, he was talking about Q2, Q3 last year. Yeah. Uh, at his previous FOMC press conference. So he obviously thinks that, you know, inflation is going to remain worrisome through next year. Um, so the market will be looking for what the new forecasts are come the December 15 FOMC. Yeah, with that age-old question of its supply driven, is it going to make any a jot of difference? But we'll we'll find out, yes. won't we? Look, uh, the other uh, old favourite, the uh, potential for government shutdown, the deadline for the debt ceiling is, uh, is a couple of weeks away. Before that, they've got the, the short-term spending bill, which... Uh, actually runs out at the weekend. If you remember, they negotiated an extension yes. on September the 30th. Well, it runs yes. out tomorrow, yes. actually, on, on Friday. Yes, but there's a yes. Bit of- so uh, after that, they're going to have to start shutting down some government services, services yeah. right? So, um, and um, the the um, as one of the Republican senators was saying, the Democrats could get this debt ceiling and all that fixed by just... Uh, putting putting numbers on it, so it's it, there's a lot of politics in it. Mm, always, you and I know, Phil, as we were discussing before we came on air here, that um, it will be fixed and it'll be at the eleventh hour. But it, it's um, there's always something hanging over, isn't there? Well, we'll do it. We'll do it if you agree. <laughs> How to this. many times have we discussed this? <laughs> and, you know, and the Republicans uh, this since time we started these podcasts. So Biden wants this mandate for large employers to uh, to mandate vaccines uh, for their workers. And uh-huh. Some Republicans naturally, because you know, it takes away your freedom. You know, jab in the arm. Uh, of course, it does. <laughs> And some Republicans are wanting to block that, and uh, they're using uh, they're using this potential shutdown of, of government as a as a way of doing that. But anyway, we've seen it all before, so uh, it'll we know, and we've seen it enough to know it all gets sorted out at the last minute, which is what you're saying, isn't it? So, what about Aussie yeah. GDP? That was a um, a big positive surprise, wasn't it? So the, the was. latest lockdown wasn't so bad after all. Uh, and no, um, the market was looking for uh, negative what two point seven, and it was negative one point nine mm. in the quarter. So still a big negative, negative 1.9. But I guess, does it tell us anything more? I think, well, it confirms again. Well, the first thing, of course, the number was better than expected. Uh, the other thing is that um, we did have, a, you know, a sizable contraction in household consumption. I think it was down nearly 5%. Yeah. But in the, in the second quarter last year, it was hit by, you know, down 12%. So that was a lot less when we had half of Australia in, in serious lockdown. But there was investment know, in, going on. So that shows that people obviously thought indeed. we're going to bounce back quickly from this. Indeed. And the fact, Phil, that it wasn't Australia-wide. It was centred mm. uh, on New South Wales and Victoria. Mm. So the biggest effect on New South Wales in the, in the quarter um, because of the Victorian lockdown started later than in New South Wales, which started at the end of June. So it almost neatly sort of covered the September quarter uh, but you had, you know, uh, final demand up in um, South Australia, in WA and Queensland. So it didn't scare the horses. It didn't scare the consumers in the other states. And you know, we've seen evidence that Australian consumers have come back yep. uh, since that. So, um, you know, the evidence has been pretty clear on that front. And the Cajun PMI for China for manufacturing, actually a little lower than the official number, but only just. It's just below 50. The official number is just above 50. So let's even it out and call it 50. So Yeah, split, splitting hairs. And manufacturing there. is yeah. flat. Let's just say that, shall we, for China. So yeah. oil has been very volatile. OPEC met. They didn't decide what to do on oil supplies. Hardly surprising, really. No. But the US has got rising inventories. They may delay 
dipping into their strategic reserves. No one really knows. Well, well, well. I think where oil prices are now, they've got to be a lot happier, don't they? Yeah. Compared to when they were at eighty-six dollars a barrel. Um, so, you know, time is on their side. Yeah. Uh, for now, uh, doesn't mean that uh, OPEC has to step up to the plate and. Um, you know, no need um, to rush. You know, they're certainly not. They're certainly not going to be increasing production anytime soon, are they? So, um, yeah. You know, they're. Um, I mean, it, it it provides a bit for both sides there. So um, we'll see how that rolls. Yeah, that, that uh, works itself out. No need to rush on either side, is there? Uh, so commodity currencies have been on a bit of a roller coaster. Maybe the, uh, that's got a bit to do with it. Also, I mean, the Aussie dollar went from seventy one point three up to seventy one point seven in pretty short order. Then it's back down to. 71.2 so it's up 0.6 percent then back down again same story for the kiwi dollar yeah. as well just yeah well you could be forgiven for thinking that's just following the s p 500 you know as a sort of a risk currency a bit of that was evident with the kiwi i know those two do tend to follow each other or whether it's just a short squeeze transaction activity on the day but um it could be related to risk because you know stocks have come off their highs and i know there's another couple of hours to go but um yeah what the S&P was well over 1% at one stage, yeah, 1% up. It's been very volatile, hasn't it, today? So numbers today, the uh, we get the unemployment rate for Europe, home loans and the trade balance mm. of Australia, New Zealand terms of trade. But really, it's uh, Omicron, isn't it? Omicron. It is. And I just see here, Phil, sorry to interrupt yeah, you. That's all right. I the do CDC is saying they've identified the first case in the US. Now, that won't surprise many people, no. but... Um, there you go. Yeah. It's everywhere. So, see, Ursula von der Leyen has been trying to convince Europeans that they should mandate the, the vaccine. That would, uh, can you imagine the unrest if uh, she tries to pull that one off? But anyway, Omicron news is, is certainly what we're going to be watching over the next 24 hours. Good to talk, Dave. We'll catch you again soon. Speak soon, Phil. Cheers. And unlike the vaccine, when you've had a double dose of Dave DeGash, you don't have to wait three months or six months for the next one. He'll be back next week. Uh, but I am back again tomorrow morning. Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 